It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. My guest is Jake Shimabukuro. Did I get that right, Aloha. Jake? That Aloha. Was perfect. Performing yeah. an evening with Jake Shimabukuro at the Brooklyn Bowl of Las Vegas, Monday, September 30th at 7.30. For ticket information, go to brooklynbowl.com forward slash loss dash Vegas. And for everything about Jake Shimabukuro, you can go to his website, which is Jake Shimabukuro. I'm going to become an expert on this, .com, and you can follow him on Twitter at Jake Shimabakuro. Now, the funny thing is, I didn't trip on that. I tripped on Jake. So, okay, there we go. So, we must start off with the fact that some people call it ukulele, but the correct pronunciation is ukulele. Am I correct? Uh, yeah, well, in Hawaii, you know, in the native Hawaiian language, it's ukulele is actually two words, uku and lele. But uh, it's um, uku is flea, and lele means to jump. So ukulele is really the jumping flea. And that's nice. how I grew up learning, you know, how to say it. It was just always the pronunciation. It was ukulele. You know, say, oh, bring your ukulele. Let's play the ukulele. And then when I started to travel outside of Hawaii, I started hearing people say ukulele. So more like a Y-U sound rather than just a uku. It would, it would be Yuku, and then it would be Lele, ukulele. So I remember the first time someone said that, oh, you play the ukulele? I I didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, but it's, um, it's, it's a fun instrument. It doesn't matter how you say it. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful instrument. I've been playing it, you know, all my life. And uh, Yeah, I think you started age four, didn't you? Yeah, I started when I was four. My mom played it. So she was kind of my first teacher, sat me down, taught me a few chords. And, and the nice thing about the, about the ukulele is it's so easy to learn, you know, because you can play these full chords with just one finger. So if you've never played an instrument before, you could learn how to play a song in less than five minutes. That's it's amazing. that simple. And, uh, and I think that's the draw, you know, that's what kind of, that's what kind of encouraged me, you know, to keep playing is because immediately I could already play a song and I was like, wow, this is fun. And as, as you know, once you know uh, a couple chords, you can play hundreds of songs. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> with those same two chords. The base, so, the basis uh, of rock and roll. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I just, uh, it, it was, it was a wonderful experience and, uh, and yeah, and I still, I still love it just as much today. You know, I play a little more than two chords now, but I mean, the enjoyment that I get out of out of playing and performing is uh, is just as much as I did when I was a little kid. You know, just just playing two chords. That's very unusual. A lot of people over the years get tired of playing instrument or their particular instrument. Maybe they change over to they go from drums to trumpet or trumpet to violin. But you have stayed with it all this time. I think it's because of the simplicity of it. You, it's there's an elegance. It's an elegant simplicity. I guess what I'm trying to say, in that it is four strings, and I I think people that come to see you perform and are marvel at your performance, in their mind think, you know, I could probably learn how to play this. 
not as well as Jake, but I could still, it's four strings, four yeah. chords. So. No, you, you're exactly right. You know, when you're, when you're talking about other instruments like the violin or the piano or even the guitar, um, you also mentioned the trumpet. You right, know, right. You think of those instruments. If you've never played an instrument before, and someone said, hey, why don't you learn this instrument? Your immediate reaction is going to be, oh, it's too hard, or, or oh, I, I don't have any musical ability, I'll, I'll never be able to play an instrument. But if you mention the ukulele to someone, they'll just kind of perk up and be like, oh, that sounds like fun. You know, they're not exactly. intimidated by it. And I think that's, that's one of the, that's, um, it's, uh, it's part of the charm of, of the ukulele. It's not intimidating. It's very friendly. It's welcoming. It makes you want to pick it up and be silly and, and do, you know, I don't know, make you feel young. That's what I tell people. I, I say when you pick up the ukulele, it just makes you feel like a kid again. And, uh, there's, uh, there's, there's something magical about it. And, uh, and I'm just, I'm just so thankful that my mom, you know, introduced me to the instrument at such a young age. Well, I know, too, that you encourage people and students, particularly young people, to learn the ukulele. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's important for, for everyone to learn how to play an instrument. You know, it, it's, uh, in other cultures, you know, music is such a big part of, of life and community and family and education, you know. So, uh, and I, I, I truly... I truly believe that it's not that we all have to. It's not that we all have to go out and become professional musicians. But I think that music is such an important part of our just our social being, you know, and uh, and our community. So, but I think I think everyone should learn how to play an instrument. And the and the ukulele is kind of like everyone's instrument, you know, because it's so easy to play. And the nice thing is. It plays well with others. <laughs> it's universal. Now, here's the irony in that I agree with you. It's a fun instrument. And yet you, I think, would agree that you became known worldwide initially through YouTube and the song While My Guitar Gently Weeps, which is not exactly a necessarily fun song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually kind of a darker, right. darker right. tune. And, uh, and I think that that was, probably um, part of why that maybe resonated with people or what was what fascinated people about that that video is that when you think of the ukulele I think I think you know because this was back in 2005 when YouTube just started out so when people saw this video and they see this this uh, this guy sitting on a rock point strumming the ukulele and actually my name wasn't even on the original video before. Um, the original video just said Asian guy shreds on ukulele. <laughs> you see that ti- that title, right? And then you see some guy sitting on a rock, you know, with uh, with glasses and, uh, and holding an ukulele, and you think, oh, this is going to be the funniest video ever, right? Because you're thinking like you're thinking like, okay, you know, wow, you know, gotta I, I gotta watch this thing because you know there's going to be a huge punchline somewhere, <laughs> right? And and I think, you know, it kind of starts off with a bluesy uh, minor riff, and then uh, then it goes into While My Guitar Gently Weeps. And, you know, as, as you know, as the way that song starts off, it's in a minor key, it's very dark. The melody is very dark and haunting, you know, with the minor third in there. 
And, uh, and I think at the end, you know, then you, and, and which is not something you associate with the ukulele because when you think of ukulele music, you think of happy and bright and, you know, and fun. But this is kind of the, the opposite. And then at the end, you know, you kind of, it kind of gets into that more aggressive, frantic strumming. And, uh, and I think for, for, for people who aren't, weren't familiar with the ukulele, I think that was kind of new and, 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 and unexpected, you know. So uh, yeah, so it was. I, you know, I'm very thankful for that for that video and to all the people who watched it and shared it with with friends and all that because that's kind of what uh, what started this this touring career for me. And it's quite a touring career. I'm going to talk about it with you in just a moment. But I couldn't help but think that had you been sitting on the rock with the ukulele and you also had played the rock, I think that would be even more popular. No, <laughs> but I'm not sure who can play that. But it's just a thought, you know. Just <laughs> maybe I guess in the terms of drums or something. I don't know. But <laughs> so here you are touring worldwide, and what's fascinating to me is you're obviously your home base and your home. It's not just your home base. Your home, your family is in Hawaii in Honolulu, I believe, and you're touring the world. As I mentioned, coming to Las Vegas at, to the Brooklyn Bowl on Monday, September 30th, and it's. I'm going to refer to something which you may not because you're relatively young, but I would think that as you're touring the world, I'll use a Webley Edwards show term, Hawaii calls. Oh, yeah. Uh So does Hawaii call for you when you're touring the world and you just yearn to come back? Oh, I I just, yeah, whenever, whenever I'm traveling, of course, I I miss being home, but, but I love, I love performing. You know, it's, it's uh, the feeling that I get on stage. I don't know. For me, there's there's there's, uh, there's a joy and a um, and I don't know. There's something that just really fulfills me about about getting to share and connect with people through music. And it's 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 a lot of fun, you know. It's uh, and I say fun. I mean, I really mean it's a lot of fun. Um, of course, of course, I practice hard. You know, um, when I'm off stage, I'm very serious about the way I practice and the way. And the, time, and the way that I, I try to create and come up with new ideas, I'm very serious, you know, um, when I'm sitting in my room or sitting in the hotel room and, and practicing. But when I get up on stage, you know, all of that gets tossed aside, you know, and it's just about, okay, you know, you, you had your time to prepare, you had your time to, to um, you know, be in your head, get into your head all about it. And, and uh, you know, now it's time to just, just have fun and to to um to be inclusive and to be relatable and to uh to communicate joy and express uh, express something positive you know to everyone in the room you know not not just the musicians on stage but the audience and the production people and the volunteers and the ushers and the security and everyone who's a part of the event do you get feedback from the audience yourself? In other words, you're giving out as you talk about connecting with the audience. So all these people that are there, not just the, the audience, but everybody that works the show as well. Do you also look to get the feedback from them from your performance as well? And does that nourish you? Oh, yeah. I just, um, you know, after, after every show, after every show, I'm usually uh, out there in, in the lobby, you know, for a meet and greet and you know, and I get a chance to personally connect with, with everyone who 
came to the performance and, uh, and, you know, and they get to share with me maybe a, a story of how they got introduced to ukuleles or introduced to, to my, my music or, um, or, or maybe just some, maybe they got married in Hawaii and they want to share their, their story of how they got married in Hawaii and they, they enjoyed it so much. So it's, it's always nice to be able to connect with people that way, you know, because I, I just love the way that they light up when they're talking about it and they're sharing the experience with me. You know, some of them maybe, were, you know, had cancer and during their time of, of chemo treatment, you know, or, uh, they or at the time in the hospital, they, someone brought them an ukulele or they used the ukulele, you know, as a form of therapy and it helped them through some of their most difficult times, you know, so, um, there's all kinds of stories that people share, and it's it's fascinating and uh, and very uh, touching. And I am assuming it encouraged you to continue to tour because you come across these stories and the human reaction to your music in a lot of different ways, whether it's a healing issue or just an enjoyment issue. You're you're going to hear back from people, and you, I think, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you are encouraged to continue touring as a result of that. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I love it. You know, I, I just, um, I feel like the ukulele has, has done so much for my life and has brought me so much joy and, uh, that if I can, through performing it and, and, and playing it in front of people can bring, can bring that same joy to others or maybe, or maybe encourage them to pick up the ukulele, you know, if they've never played an instrument before. Um, then to me, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's a win. Yeah, well, let's take a break. My guest, Jake Shimabukuro. He is performing an evening with Jake Shimabukuro at the Brooklyn Bowl Las Vegas on Monday, September 30th at 7.30. For ticket information, go to brooklynbowl.com forward slash Las-Vegas. And for everything about Jake, Shimabakuro, you can go to his website, which is Jake Shimabakuro, I'm exhausted pronouncing your last name, .com, and follow him on Twitter at Jake Shimabakuro. We'll be right back. Yeah, you actually, yeah, you're, you're actually, um, yeah, you're, you're pronouncing it even more, I think, uh, uh more properly than I could. Have. Oh, excellent! It's a, you know, it's, a, it's a Japanese. It's it's a Japanese name, right? So right, exactly. You know, but I I wasn't. I, you know, I I've been to Japan, but I wasn't born and raised there. So <laughs> well, let's pick you know, it up. I'm probably saying it wrong. <laughs> well, let's let's come back. We'll be back with more talk about Las Vegas with Ira in just a moment. There's something new at the Neon Museum. The emerging technology of light mapping brings old signs back to life. Forgotten artifacts of our past that once blazed in the Las Vegas night are reanimated in a dazzling immersion of sight and sound. You've never seen anything like it because there's never been anything like it. Brilliant, a Neon Museum experience. Performances nightly. Join the experience now at neonmuseum.org. Now let's get back to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Welcome back. I'm talking with Jake Shimabakuro. He is performing an evening with 
Jake Shimabukuro at the Brooklyn Bowl Las Vegas on Monday, September 30th at 7.30. For ticket information, go to brooklynbowl.com forward slash las-vegas. And for everything about Jake, you can go to his website, which of course is jakeshimabukuro.com and follow him on Twitter at jakeshimabukuro. And Jake, I understand you're changing your name. I understand you're changing your name to Jake Smith. Is that true? <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, that, yeah, that, I'm so sorry to put you through all no, that. No, that's yeah, okay. I Jake. It works my chops. I like that. That's good. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, we must... I don't even think I, I could say my name that many times. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to get the information out there so that people know where you're going to be and how to get oh, hold of I you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, we have to discuss your first name because this is a, a, a fascinating story. You had a song called Mahalo John Wayne, but it's based on the fact that you and your dad used to watch Westerns starring John Wayne. Yeah, uh-huh. and that's and uh, the way I got my name was through my dad's favorite John Wayne movie, which was Big Jake. Amazing. And uh, he, um, yeah, so he named me after that after that movie. So I would tell people this story of. Uh, of how you know my um, my baby uh, my baby photo uh, album. As soon as you open up the very first front page, the very first page is a picture of John Wayne. <laughs> but yeah, That's so great. I got my name for the movie Big Jake, and uh, and um, last year we released an album called The Greatest Day, and on that album I, I wanted to write a little tribute, you know, to to John Wayne, so I, I wrote a song called Mahalo John Wayne, and as most of you know, Mahalo in Hawaiian means thank you. So it's really a song thanking John Wayne, you know, for uh, for my name. That's great. Did you ever, have you ever heard from uh, any of John Wayne's family uh, about the song? Uh, no, no, never, never did. Yeah, I, I'd be surprised that you had not. I'd be. It would seem to me that'd be a great tribute to their dad. <laughs> did you get kitted in school by having that name Jake? Because clearly, your background, you're Japanese American, you're living in Hawaii, and your first name is Jake. So you could see there'd be an interesting cultural mix there. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because growing up in in Hawaii, I mean, there's just. I mean, every other kid in school had a traditional Japanese last name, right? So, I mean, you hear you hear all these names like Nakamura, you know, uh, Mizutani, Mishimura, you know, Shimabuko, um, uh, gosh, Mugia, Yonemura, uh, Horita, you know, you hear all, <laughs> yeah, all these names. I Yabuda mean, would like, be Yabuda would so be common. another one too, right? Huh? Yabuda would be, yeah, yeah. It was never. Um, there was never an, an issue, you know, where your teachers couldn't pronounce your last name, which is unusual, right? Because, <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> anywhere else in the in in the in the U.S., you know, you'd be like, well, "What's your last name again?" What do I have <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so it, it was kind of nice, you know, growing up there in, in Hawaii and being able to, uh, you know, just um, not not be considered a minority, you know, but but actually really be uh, a majority. But with the first name of Jake, were you kidded about it in school from schoolmates? No, not, not really. It was, it was very, um, it was very common, you know, for, uh, for a third generation, you know, Japanese American kid to have an American first name and a Japanese last name, you know? So like some of my, some of my closest friends, you know, that are, that are Japanese American, you know, they have names like 
like uh, Keith Kawamoto, you know, or, <laughs> or, or Jamie Hiranaka, you know, Mon Mugia. You know? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so, wow, that's so, so cool. Uh, it's great. It's just fu- so funny because you would think that you'd be kidded, but then, as you say, you know, first names are kind of absorbed from the majority culture, and, and so you have that mix again, as I say, not a clash, but a mix of cultures in that, in that setting. Yeah. So I just want to get a little technical for a second, Jake. You played the four-string tenor ukulele, is that correct? Uh, yes, that's correct. Okay. How does that differ from the $4.75 ukulele you get at the 99-cent store? Yeah, well, the, the ukulele that I play... Um, that was, a, that was an attempt at humor, Jake, because, you know, obviously, <laughs> oh, no. yes. I, I mean, clearly it's a professional instrument, but my, my, no, jokes, no. my jokes very fall flat many times, but I continue <laughs> to go with them, so. Well, well, no, the thing is, because, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't discredit the, the um, you know, the, the other instruments that are, that are, you know, the $30, $40 instruments, you know, because to me, those are, um, those are wonderful. I mean, for, for the, when, when it comes to the ukulele, like those uh, thirty, forty dollar instruments, you know, there's nothing wrong with them. They they tune up, and you know, you can tune them. You can play simple chords, and 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 they're fine. You know, they're, it's an acceptable sound. So, um, so that that's uh, so there, there's I, I don't want to take away anything, you know, from from those instruments. Uh, but you know, but the one that I do play, it is it's they're all handmade in Hawaii. They're called kamaka. Ukuleles and their Kamaka, Kamaka, and they were the first family to start manufacturing ukuleles over a hundred years ago. You know, they learned the um, they learned from the Portuguese immigrants how to build instruments. The, the native Hawaiian people learned from the the Portuguese immigrants who came over to the Hawaiian Islands. You know, to work in the plantation fields, they learned how to build instruments from them, and that's how the ukulele was uh, was born. So Samuel Kamaka was was one of the was one of the first to to learn from from uh, from them how to build instruments and using the resources that they had in, in Hawaii, which is like the the uh, the Hawaiian acacia or the koa wood, and using nylon strings rather than steel strings and things like that. You know, they were able to create these instruments, and that is what and that's the ukulele that we have today. So they really invented the the modern day, day ukulele. And growing up in Hawaii, that was always the the instrument that was most sought after. You know, it was either a kamaka, and then later on there was the, a Martin started making ukuleles, right? So, you know, so, but when I was growing up, all the ukuleles that I heard on the radio growing up in Hawaii playing traditional music was always the kamaka. Can you ukulele, get, you know? well, so can that's you, what I still play today. Can you get those customized in the sense that because of your style and the way you handle the instrument, can you specify certain changes or modifications on it? Yeah, I mean they they do custom orders and things like that. But yeah, the uh, you know I, I was um, the ukulele that I play. I guess you know I guess it is my signature model that that they created. But um, but it's a four string tenor like you said, and it's made of all coral wood. It's beautiful. It's got the grain of the wood is just, I mean, if you've ever seen core, you know, curly core, right. you, know, you, you know what I'm talking about. But the, um, yeah, the grain is, is amazing. But what, the, what I, I don't know how, I don't know if they do 
a lot of uh, like more extra bracing or anything for you know for my playing style. I, I don't think they do, you know, because my my playing style is not that. It looks like it's really aggressive and it looks like I'm hitting the instrument really hard, but but I, I'm really not. You know, they're all very controlled, very controlled hits and things like that. So, but it sounds loud, you know, because it's amplified. But it's uh, but it's it's really not. It's not. I'm not hitting it any harder than I think the instrument could, could, could handle. You know, by any means. So, yeah. But uh, but they're um, but they're 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 wonderful. You know, they're such versatile instruments. And uh, oh, and and with that said, you know, I, I think I think that um, you know, for anyone that's that's interested in in you know in learning to play ukulele, I think I think it's it's always good to to start with, you know, to go to a music store, try all the different ones and, you know, kind of have, you may have a price point in mind and just go down there and try out different ones, you know, for your whatever budget you have and see which one speaks to you, you know, because the, the Kamaku Kalele's are, you know, they're, they're uh, I think they start at about $1,200, you know, and they go up from there. I don't know, I just think just to have one and to, to play around, to strum around is, is always always nice. You know, it takes very little effort to pick up. I always just keep one right by the right on the sofa, you know, so whenever <laughs> I'm home and right. I, I sit down, it's like it's right there. I pick it up and I just, you know, start playing. So around the house you're also playing around with the instrument. Oh yeah, all yeah. the time. So I, I have, you know, I have my one main instrument that I record with, tour with, practice on and all that. But at home we have ukuleles all over our house. Like, you know, because my kids my kids love playing it, and you know, so I'll, I'll have a couple in the living room. There'll be some in the bedrooms. There, there's one that we always keep in the car. You That's know, because, great. You know, when you're picking up someone at the airport, right, and you're right. just you're just sitting there, right, waiting for them to get their baggage. You know, like I'm just tinkering on the ukulele, or or anytime I, I have uh, I have to wait for something, or you, you can you can write a song, you know, while you're waiting to pick someone up. So. True. You, I could just yeah. see you and the family going on tour in another ten years, where you know that's like the, <laughs> the Trap family, the Von Trap family from Sound uh, of Music. <laughs> that could work. One of my favorite movies, by the way. <laughs> now, can you confirm the rumor that I just started, which is that on your ukulele that you play in concert, as part of the customization, you have a big picture of John Wayne on it. <laughs> no. Okay. John All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for laughing at least at that joke. So I appreciate it. <laughs> but I do have a big tattoo of him on my shoulder. Oh, there you go. <laughs> See, I was close. <laughs> when you tour, Jake, is there one or two songs particularly that the crowd likes more than others or, or requests from you? Any of those kind of dynamics? In other words, a- after a while, no matter where you are, no matter the venue or the city, there's probably some reaction to a particular song or two or three songs. Yeah, well, there's there's always four songs that no matter where where we play, you know, that always get requested, and there and two of them are cover tunes, and two of them are my original pieces. So, of course, the one is always uh, while my guitar gently weeps because you know that was used that that was. Uh, um, you know, the, the, the video that went viral. Right. Um, the, the second is always is a piece called Dragon, which is an original piece, and it was inspired by another one of my childhood heroes, Bruce Lee. And it's a dragon. A dragon is a, 
it's it's one of those pieces where where I, I use a, a looper, you know, I use a loop pedal, and I do a lot of kind of uh, some right hand tapping stuff and some distortion, overdriven ukulele sounds. So it's kind of my electric ukulele song in a way. And then there's another song called Blue Roses Falling that I that I wrote, and it's it's a song about you know losing a loved one, and so that one I think you know gets a lot of um i think for for some people it's a very emotional piece that that they may enjoy and then the fourth one is bohemian rhapsody and it's an arrangement of queen's bohemian rhapsody and that one in particular for some reason everybody sings along (laughs) it's become the sing-along anthem in our concert so those are those are four songs that i always keep you know in the set because um there, there, there is always those four that get requested the most. Yeah, and then there's another song that uh, was a little tribute. I, I wrote a tribute to the, uh, you know, we we're talking about the second generation uh, Japanese Americans, and there was a group of soldiers from Hawaii that made up the 100th Battalion, the 442, and the MIS during the Second World War. You know, after the bombing of Pearl Harbor and. Growing up in Hawaii, I was very close to that story. You know, I'm learning about the internment camps and all of that, and uh, and I just uh, so so there was a song that I wrote called "Go for Broke." So during the uh, during the show, we usually always kind of recognize our veterans and recognize the men and women, you know, who who uh, who serve our country in the U.S. military, and um, and we play that song "Go for Broke." And "Go for Broke" was a was a phrase. It was their motto. You know, it was the motto of the of the Nisei soldiers, and uh, which meant to sacrifice everything, you know, to to fight and go all in and do what they thought was right. Well, that's a great way to leave it. My guest has been Jake Shimabukuro, and he is going to be performing an evening with Jake Shimabukuro at the Brooklyn Bowl, Las Vegas, on Monday, September 30th at 7.30. For ticket information, go to brooklynbowl.com forward slash Las Dash Vegas, and for everything about Jake Shimabukuro, you can go to his website and find out all about his albums because he's got a ton of them as well. That's jakeshimabukuro.com and follow him on Twitter at Jake Shimabukuro. And Jake, thanks for being on the show. No, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. This was a, it was a fun interview, and yeah, looking forward to you uh, playing in, in Las Vegas. You know, my a lot of my family members are flying up for that show because people in Hawaii love Vegas. So, oh, they do. They uh, do. Like my mom's flying up. I got a couple uh, uncles and aunties that are coming up, and um, and I think they're yeah they'll probably they're going to come to the show, but they're going to spend a, a week there just gambling and having a good time. Oh yeah, they'll take time off from the casino to, to come yeah. see you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll make the show. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see if they make the show. Or not. <laughs> Thanks again. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Be Las Vegas.